Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. Uh, tonight, um, we are going to talk talk about a pretty unique to- topic with our friend Cecily. Um, so Brianna right now is working on um, figuring out unique fundraisers, and this is this is how we kind of got on this topic. And we reached out to Cecily because on social media, her kids were doing the coolest things, and I was like, Brianna. I literally scheduled a podcast for you um, because we're always looking for unique fundraisers. And so we're going to talk about Vet Science Camp and and how that could be a, a unique way to not only fundraise for your chapter, but also showcase the the great content and things that are, that are coming out of your classroom. And so, Cecily, why don't you start by um, introducing yourself, explaining where you teach uh, a little bit about your education background. Yeah, so uh, thanks for having me tonight. Um, So I currently teach at Newton College and Career Academy, and that's in Covington, Georgia. And I am currently teaching basic agriculture, animal science, small animal care, and veterinary science. So I've been teaching now for 11 years. I've been here at Newton College and Career Academy for six years. Um, Prior to being here, I taught at another school, uh, actually still here in my community. So my entire 11 years, I've still been in the same community, which has been really nice. Awesome. Well, like Nikki said, I'm really excited to hear about your vet science camp because I was um, kind of creeping on social media and I just feel like it's some really, really cool stuff. So why don't you kind of explain um, what the vet science camp is and, and give the listeners a little bit more information about it? Yeah, so our vet science camp, uh, we do it every summer. It is one week of um, just a a camp where we do different vet activities. We do our camp with fourth grade through eighth grade students, and um, it goes from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m., and we do different activities that are all related to the standards that we do in our vet class. So um, I take our vet standards and I try to pick an activity or two from each one. Um, Try to take the ones that are the most engaging, I guess. Try to modify it to make it more age appropriate. And that's how I kind of pick out what we're gonna do. Um, Some of the ones that we've done that are really popular, uh, sutures, Um, we do the different types of injections, We make dog biscuits every year, making dog toys, uh, learning about different, um, like making blood, using like cereal to make the blood, um, anything like that. So it's just a fun, fun week of learning and making a little money too for the chapter. So how did you, like, how did the vet science camp even come about? Yeah, so we originally have a camp called Aggie Academy that we do, and it's for kindergarten through fifth grade and it was just an elementary ag camp where we would do all kinds of ag activities with kids um so horticulture wildlife animal science everything and it was a really big hit uh but 
we realized that we probably had another um, untapped market where we could do a vet science and we could get uh, kids that were a little older. And I needed to recruit for my program. Um, we only have one middle school program in our area. Uh, so we're missing a lot of kids. And uh, that's where we kind of started. And when we started, we we had a lot of people starting to sign up. Now we have a waiting list for the kids who, who want to come. So um, it's been a big hit. So you mentioned a waiting list. How many students you typically have like attend the camp? Where do you cap it at? Yeah, so we cut we cut ours off at 50 students per year. Um, we feel like 50 is a really good number. Uh, it's just big enough that we can make what we need to for a fundraiser where we feel like we're really comfortable for the entire year, but it's still uh, really doable. So it's small enough that the kids are getting hands on. Um, it's, it's just really manageable. Uh, I think any bigger than 50, we'd probably really be pushing the limits. Um, but 50 works really well for us, so. That's actually, that's more than I was going to guess. Because yeah. that's still a lot, like, that's a lot of children. <laughs> yeah. So Especially when they're not, like, your, like, your classroom kids, you know? Well, I think that it works really well for us because I have... I have two other ag teachers with me at the school and then i'm also really blessed that i have um another school in our community that we, that works with us east side high school katrina and uh sarah beth that's a shout out to them they come over and they help us out so there's five adults and so when you think you have five adults 10 kids under each of them it's pretty doable at that point um any more than 50 we wouldn't be able to do it now our ag aggie academy camp we kept that one at 100 so just, we also do that one earlier in the summer. So after you do Aggie a camp with young kids at 100, 50 middle school kids, is that's a walk in the park. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are wild. So, okay, let's, let's run through this one more time. So 50 kids, and you said 8 a.m. to? 8 to 3. 8 to 3. And how long, how many days is the camp? We do ours for one full week, so Monday through Friday. Okay. Um, is that what it was when you started was was a full week? We've always done it for a full week. Um, we've played around with the idea of doing it for only four days because our uh, our school system during the summer, they only run for four days, like on Fridays they're closed. Um, so we've always played around with it, but we've always just done it for five. Um, moving forward, we might do it for four, but. OK, and you said middle school, so what? What constitutes as middle school for you? Who would be allowed to attend? So I say middle school, but it's fourth grade through eighth grade. Okay. Um, originally we were gonna do sixth through eighth, but we had uh, some younger kids that we felt were still mature enough to come. Uh, and I'm really glad that we started them out at fourth grade. Uh, we have some kids that have come for multiple years now and it's really started to pay off um, that we're starting it younger. Now, you mentioned the wait list. So if they're on a wait list, do they get first priority the following year? Or is it is it just purely if someone drops out? It's just if someone drops out. So we uh, we always put on social media like the registration will come out on whatever day and it'll be out. I mean, it'll usually take about two weeks for it to to fill up. Uh, and then after that point, we'll start the waiting list for it. So. And this is also in the summer? Mm hmm 
yeah you know those parents like there's parents that probably like they wait for this registration to open absolutely well okay so this last year oddly enough i had we hadn't even put out the registration form yet and i had gotten a check in the mail and it was for the ag camp and like we don't take checks everything's done online i was like what is this that would be me as a parent parent please take my kid I had to call and be like, we're not open yet. Like, I appreciate you. You're very excited, but we're not open yet. <laughs> I love that. So talk us through, you mentioned a few, a few people that help you, um, so, some big names in ag education, but who in general, like if someone was going to host this, um, other than those five adults, are there students that are helping you, even if it's prepping ahead of time? Uh, what does that look like? Walk us through yeah. that. So um, we, of course, have our adults that are there. But the other big thing is you have to have your high schoolers. And that's the that's the really big thing. Um, we're there for supervision and to make sure that everything's going OK in case there's an issue. But our high schoolers are the ones that are really running the camp. Um, we call them our camp counselors. And so what happens is that our um, the campers are divided up by age group. So the fourth graders are divided up, fifth graders, sixth graders, everything's divided by age. And then we'll have two to three of the high schoolers with each of the groups. And those are the camp counselors. So they'll help with each of the activities, um, making sure that everything's going okay. And then we also have two to three um, like camp directors that are also high schoolers that will kind of lead everything for the week. And so they help with setting up the activities. Uh, they also help with planning the activities during, like before the camp starts um, and just kind of overseeing and making sure everything's okay. Uh, the two the two girls that we had for our camp directors this last year, their proficiency is in ag education. So this goes under their ag education hours. I love like the like the whole like big picture of it. like. I don't know, just a lot of cool opportunities to get your high school students involved, younger kids involved and knowing about the program um, and all that kind of goes along with it. But um, you mentioned that you had some students that like come back multiple years. So do you always have the same activities every single year or you switch up every year? Yeah, in a perfect world, you'd be able to. It'd make it so much easier, (laughs) but we have a lot of the uh, kids who come back year after year. And so you have to repeat, like have new activities. Now there are some activities that we will recycle just because the kids love it. Um, Sutures are something we do every single year because the kids love it. Making the um, dog biscuits. If I didn't do that one year, I think that the kids would probably protest. Uh, They just love that. But other than that, uh, we try to do different things. We've done it enough now that we're probably on like a four year rotation where I can kind of start recycling it at that point. Um, But we only try to do like maybe four activities that are like recycled from the previous year. And where do you get, yeah, (laughs) Brianna and I are like on the same path here. Where do you, where do you even begin to think of new ones or how do you get inspiration on new activities? So I'll talk to our like my high school vet kids and I'll talk to them about well what activities did we do this year that you really liked. Um, Those are that's where I'll start. Um, We pull from that and then I also go on Pinterest and I try to pull things off of Pinterest because some of those activities are maybe not things that I would do with my high schoolers but they might be something that I can do with some of the fourth or fifth grade uh, students. Um, And and that's just kind of how we work it through there. Um, 
Another thing that we do a lot is guest speakers. Guest speakers take up a lot of the time um, and they're a great resource. So you're building community um, outreach and like you're, those community partners want to come in and help out too. So um, we had the University of Georgia come in one time and they brought a dystocia model. So they had like the calf where the kids could pull out the calf and uh, they loved that. The parents loved it too. I mean, it made for great pictures. They were covered in like all the gunk from the model and it was great. Um, we've had farmers bring in uh, horses where they got to like paint on the horses, the different bones and structures. Uh, this last year we had our, um, the canine unit from our police, they, they did a demonstration for us. So anything like that is really good too. I'm just thinking like easy national FFA living to serve grant, right? Cause you write it for equipment to host this, but then like you said, that equipment could get used multiple years by the mm -hmm. camp, but also be used in your program. Like some of those cool reality works um, models, like maybe this is a way that you could get that um, yeah. for your program. Right, so we've done a USDA farm to school grant and through that grant, we were able to get some of those reality works models. Um, we did the, um, some of the FFA grants for grooming, um, like dog grooming tables, and we use those in the with our camp as well. So those grants have come in clutch for us. So. How do you kind of decide, like how many activities, right? Like if I'm doing this five days, how many activities would I need per day on average? Uh, I always plan for more than what I think I'm going to actually need. Um, I'll break it up into 30 to 30 minute activities or hour activities, depending on what I think the activity will be. And then I'll always try to plan for at least two extra a day, just in case I have extra downtime. Um, by the end of the week, I'll always usually have like 10 things that we didn't get to. And that's a good week for me. Um, I don't want to have downtime. Downtime means that we're gonna have problems. Um, so that works. Another thing that we did this year that really worked out well for us, uh, we printed off a bunch of like coloring pages, like the adult coloring pages for if a kid did finish early and had those available. That was really cool this year. And then um, we bought a lot of like the little um, like floss yarn thread stuff this year and had that available for kids to play with, like if they had extra time and like make bracelets. That was the biggest hit. You wouldn't have thought for whatever reason, I had it for an activity because we were doing like tying knots. We had it left over. That was the biggest hit this year too. So little things like that just to have for if you do have extra time, that helps out. We're all just living our 90s childhood right there. I know. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you, you mentioned, oh, this is a great fundraiser for your program. So how do you decide what to charge? Um, for kids to come? So we charge $175 for the week. Um, that includes the, I do a camp t-shirt for the kids and then they get a lunch. But for the lunch, our school system provides a lunch for them. Um, that, that happened just after COVID. 
So that's part of the COVID thing. Before COVID, lunch was not provided and kids just had to bring in their own lunch. So that was never an expense for me. Um, another expense I always have is every day we do a snack, but it's some kind of activity related back to something that we're doing. So um, like an example, when we were doing um, making the blood, that would have been their snack as well for the day. Um, I mean, the camp is not an expensive camp to run, really. So we make a pretty good profit off of it. It's our largest fundraiser of the year. We're able to run our entire farm off of it for the entire year, so. What do you charge per student since it's, it is such a good? 175 a student. Okay. But it's I feel like. student, And it only cost me, like, it's 175 a student, but then I think we make like 120 per student. Okay. Yeah. I just did the math. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, why wasn't I doing this when I was a teacher? Yeah. Let me tell you, I have sold the fruit. I have sat in the concession stand. I have sold sweet corn. Let me tell you, I was not making close to $9,000 doing any of those things. With, like, and I had to work way harder than I literally, all the labs that you said are things that I, I, I had the materials for. They were all right there. Like, I think that's the biggest thing is that you don't realize that you don't have to buy a lot because you already have the majority of the stuff. So mm -hmm. like your biggest expenses are like maybe buying a few consumables that you might need and your t-shirts. Other than that. Right. And t-shirts, I will say. At, at the state level, you know, we're always looking for things to give our, you know, FFA members. T-shirts are expensive right now. Mm -hmm. And so um, that will be a large part of your expense, but maybe you you find a sponsor to help, mm -hmm. you know, incur some of that, that cost. Or maybe you figure out something different that they get. Um, that's always an option too, but that's, that's awesome. Brianna, see, look at how good this episode is for you. Um, <laughs> So they get the the lunch, the t-shirt, all the activities. Do they leave with anything like physical items aside from the t-shirt? Yeah, so we also make daily uh, like notebooks for them. And it's so each of the each day they get like all the activities in a little notebook so they can take it home and they can show their parents what they've learned. Um, so I've found that um, kids are not always the greatest at explaining what they've done or what they learned. And there's sometimes some confusion. Um, I think the best example is that when we were doing our lunchtime, we would always put on like Dr. Paul for the kids to watch just to kind of have some like chill time. One of the kids told their parents that they really enjoyed when we watched Dr. Phil. We're not watching Dr. Phil. <laughs> so I think it's best just to kind of have everything outlined for them. Um, so we made these little notebooks and it had the activities, um, like the dog biscuit, it had the recipes for it. And the kids really liked that. Um, and even the things that we didn't get to, the kids had that if they wanted to, to do it later on on their own, they could. Um, so they get all of that and uh, anything they make, they get to take home, of course, too, so. Awesome. I just, I think, you know, I'm just, thinking so much about this and it's such a good idea and 
I feel like parents and kids are like looking for this stuff during the summertime too. Um, and it's like educational, but fun. So you get to like trick them into learning, um, which is always really cool too. Uh, but not even just in the summertime, like there's a lot of schools that can't have an after school program. And so parents are like, they got this weird limbo time, right? Where their kid gets done at school at three 30 and you know, how easy would it be for them to like walk to your room and, you know, and every, every school is different. Right. Um, and so it might not just be a simple walk, like, but to bust them, you know, over there and they're, they're there for even a couple hours. I mean, if you wanted to start small, you wouldn't have to do it as a week long thing. Right. Um, so like, we don't have, we're out of school for election day. And so we've done like one day election day because we know that it's a teacher work day. And so teachers are looking for somewhere for their kids to go for, for that one day. Um, we've also done like a parent's night out on the day that we get out for Christmas and we do like making like Christmas presents almost with all the kids. Um, so parents can go shopping for, for Christmas and the kids are with us and they're making things for all their family. So, I mean, there's a lot that you can do with, with camps like this. So do you have any tips like for people wanting to get started or for me wanting to get started with this? Yeah, so start small. Um, don't think like right off the bat that you have to have 50 kids. Um, start small. So having 15 or 20 kids after school for a day or two is a success. Uh, we started small and that's how we did. Um, we were able to grow it. Uh, and use your kids to get your ideas like what they like is what the other kids are going to like too um I, I really lean on my high school kids to help me plan everything and um i let them know like uh, for us to operate our ffa chapter we have to have money and this is a fundraiser and so i need you to to help us out and and so they know that that they have to be here to help it and they've never let us down so Now, you said resources, it's going to depend on what activities you do. So um, the actual supplies are going to vary from year to year. But what are some resources um, that someone who wanted to start this, <laughs> Brianna, um, someone that wanted to start this, that it doesn't matter the year, you need these resources to do a camp like this of your own? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is if you can get like just general like art supplies, like get your crayons, your markers, your colored pencils, your paper, you can do so much with that. Um, there's so many activities that you can do just with with papers and, and things like that. Um, we set our tables up and, and have like supplies for each of the teams. Um, we do like the coloring sheets for each of the teams. Um, other things that have been really well for us, um, gloves. So it sounds silly, but like if you can let them think that they are a vet, so give them like hair nets and gloves so that they can dress up, they'll wear them all week. You don't have to give them a new pair every day. They will keep them and wear them every, every single day. Um, 
Another really easy one that we do is like the glow germ lab. They love that. They'll try to do that every day. And I love that one because they're washing their hands more. Um, so that's an easy lab. Um, we get a lot of like the butcher paper. We use butcher paper for a ton of the different labs. Um, you talked about um, registration and you said you do it online. What platform do you use for that? We use Cheddar Up. Uh, Cheddar Up's been really good for our chapter. We use Cheddar Up for just about anything. Um, and then we use Facebook for advertising. Um, we've been really successful that at this point it kind of carries itself. Uh, we don't really have to do much other than post it and that's it. It's, it's done, but um, Cheddar Up is really easy. If you haven't looked into Cheddar Up, I would really recommend looking into Cheddar Up. Awesome. Um, what, what items are you asking for when you have a parent register? Yeah, so um, when we do it, we we have everything just like you would go to a summer camp. So we ask for all the student information, all the parent information, emergency contact. We have uh, medical information, so allergy, even information about doctor, anything that you would want. Um, we we took like our summer camp form and that's what I based our form off of. Um, and it's worked really well for us. So. I have learned so much in this short amount of time. Like, I'm about ready to host a camp at my house. Like, how can I host a camp at my house? But you could modify this. I mean, I don't know, host an adult camp where you teach adults how to Look, we've modified things. so many different ways. So, I mean, we've done, like I said, the Aggie Academy is how it started. And we do the vet camp, but we've done the election day camp. We've done the parents' night out. We also do a fabrication factory where it was an ag mechanics, um, kind of like a, uh, like an like adult skill too, because it was like learning how to change your attire and oil and that kind of thing. So, I mean, we've done all different types of camps, something for everyone. Yeah. Well, even what like a Pinterest night, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same concept. Yeah, it's just it's nice that you can modify it because like not everyone has the skill level in vet science. Like if you don't teach it or you don't feel super comfortable doing it, like I'm really I really enjoy food science. So like maybe I would do a food science themed one or, you know, whatever your students' passions are too. Right. Well, vet science works for us because I need to build up my um my students. Like this is a recruitment for me. Mm -hmm. And so you want to be able to, to recruit for whatever your program is. So we did start the fabrication factory because we also have an ag mechanics program. So. Oh my gosh. I, this is a rock star idea. Where were you 10 years ago when I started teaching? Because I would have stopped selling fruit. Like I kid you not. If you're selling fruit and you're making more than $10,000, good for you. But I just don't think it's worth it. Like I would way rather suture with middle schoolers for a week and sell fruit um but fantastic um i don't know i just feel like i'm gonna continue to think about this and think of ideas i just know it i'm telling you and our high schoolers love it too i mean they don't like fight it they they're building their hours for their sae so i mean we have kids that are working on like i said their ag ed proficiencies but we have ag com proficiencies that are getting hours as well i mean 
and they love the title of like I'm a camp counselor they love that (laughs) exactly well and so many people that's their biggest thing is like how do I build SAEs in my program for kids that don't have them here it is you are recruiting for your program you were giving kids SAEs that wouldn't otherwise have you know maybe as influential one and you're making money what do you do that does all of those at the same time right like I can't name something well and how many of your high school like I mean your high school parents are looking for things for their high schoolers to do too yeah this is phenomenal one last question before we wrap up you said you take a ton of pictures um do you do one big thing afterwards or is it just used in social media posts so uh, we post every single day that's one of the things i think our parents really like too is that we post every day on our instagram and on our facebook and on our facebook we're uh, really good about posting what exactly we did for the day and posting i mean we probably post 200 pictures every day so every kid has pictures posted um and then at the end of the week we'll post even more pictures of everything um and then when i like a few weeks later after we've kind of recapped about what we're going to do and what we liked and what we didn't like and we've um figured out when we're going to have the camp for the next year we also send out a postcard with like save the date with some of the pictures on it to all the uh campers so all those pictures are used all the time this is amazing well how if people have questions um what's the best way for them to get um in contact with you yeah so we have a facebook page just for the camp uh our facebook is ncca vet camp you can look at all of our previous camps they're all on there uh you can message us on there follow us uh or i have an instagram and my instagram is ncca underscore animal sci so sci and um message us we'll help you out with anything we can awesome well thank you so much for being here um i can't well first brianna i can tell has been jotting down a few things so i can't wait to see um how how she implements it and how some of our listeners uh, implement something similar so thanks for sharing uh your passion yeah really absolutely. It. thank you for having me Uh, For those of you listening, make sure you like Here by the Owl podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, Cicely was kind enough to share some resources with us. So go check out the show notes for the link to that folder and check out all the great things um, that she shared. Um, And reach out to her on um, Facebook and Instagram if you need support on this topic. And if you want to support Here by the Owl podcast, you can do that in a few ways. Uh, Number one is simply by listening and sharing an episode that you really liked or sharing it with people that think you think that it could help out. Um, and another great way is reaching out and being a guest on the show. Um, everyone has something that to them, it might be mediocre, but to us and to others, um, it's pretty magical. So um, we'd love to have you on the show and we appreciate you for listening.